me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 43 of Metallicast, the Metallica podcast. I'm your host and fellow Metallica fan, my name is Brandon. I'm going to keep this introduction short and sweet for this episode. My guests are all four members of an up-and-coming Bay Area band named Gershock. They are a metal band, but not a straightforward, traditional metal band. They definitely have diverse influences mixed in. If you want to check out their original material, please do so. Look for the links to the official website and their social media in the episode description so you can check them out. But the reason they are on this here podcast is because they did an outstanding cover, or reimagining as they call it, of the Metallica track Saint Anger. Perhaps not the most obvious choice on paper, but you're going to find out in my interview with them why they chose it and why it is more of a reimagining than an actual cover. And actually, you might be able to hear for yourself because I'm going to play that song for you before we jump into the interview itself. So here is Saint Anger by Gershock, followed by my interview with him for episode 43 of Metallicast.
you're still here. But hey, I mean, if you dug that enough, I mean, we got some uh, links in the description for like Spotify, Bandcamp, our website and all that. So, you know, buy our shirts. Um, don't, don't like, don't subscribe. In fact, keep your fucking finger away from that subscribe button. Oh, but if any of the guys from Metallica are watching this, um, call me. My guests today are the four members of an up-and-coming Bay Area metal band. Their debut album, Dark Matter, is out now, and their reimagining of the track, Saint Anger, is available now on YouTube and Spotify. They're reimagining this cover. It has been making the rounds among Metallica fans, with some calling it even better than the original and others saying it is the way the song was meant to sound. Please welcome to Metallica's rhythm guitarist Leyland, lead guitarist and vocalist X, bassist Scotty, and drummer Dan. We got a full house today. Please welcome Gershock. How's it going, everybody? This is X. Yo, this is Scotty. Word to your mama. What's up? Leyland here. This is Daniel. And I definitely got the band name, the pronunciation correct, right? That'd be a really bad start. Gershock. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you so much, guys, for coming on. I uh, randomly stumbled upon your cover of St. Anger via the interwebs, and uh, it was making the rounds on Twitter uh, probably a month or two ago, and I immediately messaged you guys. I was like, hey, you got to come on the podcast, and talk about it so thank you for uh agreeing to do so and i'm really looking forward to uh talking to you about it um before we jump into the saint anger talk and you know just about the band in general i'm curious i'm assuming the four of you are metallica fans yeah more or less so i'm curious to know how you guys got into the band and sort of what your background is with them let's go around here first what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> How did you get into Metallica? What's yours? What What's your story? What's your background with the band? I like the song one, and from then on, well, <laughs> yeah, I like the song one. <laughs> um, so I actually discovered Metallica. So it's kind of weird. The band that got me into metal was Bullet for My Valentine, and I was reading up on them way 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 back and learned that they used to be a metallica cover band and i was like oh i'll check this band out and just kind of expand it from there right i actually never knew that <laughs> that they were a metallica yeah, cover I, band. i didn't know either <laughs> i mean uh scotty here um with my in my case um obviously like uh, i grew up on classic rock radio with my dad every now and again they'd play understand man that was my first exposure it wasn't being until like uh it was probably about like freshman and sophomore year of high school i was starting to get more into like the new metal bands like the alt metal bands and of course like that i found myself into some of metallica's like tracks like both like new and old like songs like fuel songs like uh master of puppets songs like one I started with the singles and then like I, I, I've of course like I had like all my friends in high school saying like dude man like they've only got three good albums man you might as well <laughs> not and I'm like and I and through my and through my experience with them I learned that they had four good albums because <laughs> and, and Justice for All is like legit like that's that's one of my favorites you guys are coming with a lot of hot takes from Metallica podcast <laughs> Maybe they do, but not me though. So like, <laughs> I would say, um, 
the reason I kind of went last on this is because when I first was introduced to Metallica, like I had, I think initially heard fuel kind of on a random YouTube video for like a speed paint video of sorts. And I thought it was cool. I think uh, other songs I heard were like the outlaw torn. And I remember I disappear being one of them and they didn't really stick out to me just yet, but I was like, Hey, it was fun enough. Right. The song that got me into Metallica was Saint Anger. Wow. And it was playing on the TV screens at a the San Francisco Hard Rock Cafe for my birthday one year. I don't even know what it was that drew me to it. It was just that it was so unlike everything else that was playing on those TV screens at the time. And that was pretty much when I made the conscious decision that I was going to be like invested in this band or whatever. So I remember going to the record store looking for albums and I had enough money for two or I think it was like one of two different uh, metallic albums that I wanted. So at one, at that time, I think I knew the songs battery disposable heroes and St. Anger. And I was strongly considering like between getting master of puppets and St. <laughs> Anger, but I didn't know which one to decide on. So I brought it up to the guy running the record store saying, <laughs> Hey, I want one of these two. And he's like, are you kidding me <laughs> get master of puppets dude you'll thank me later <laughs> and so yeah i took his advice on that but then you know not much long after that i eventually got saint anger and i still love that song it's it was the one that started me that is really interesting i gotta say i always ask this question to uh people the first time they come on the podcast and everybody has a different entry point which is why i love asking because you know you get the guys who you were like, I saw them at uh, the Waldorf in San Fran in, you know, 81 or whatever. Then you have the other guys that are, you know, coming in on, you know, the load reload era or somebody's like Death Magnetic was the first album I ever had. But I'm not sure I've ever had somebody say St. Anger is the song that made them a fan. So that's really cool. I, I got to say up front that the St. Anger album gets a lot of love here in Metallicast from various guests. Um, I had a, a frequent guest of mine, Richard S. He's a, a journalist. He's done stuff for like Billboard and Enemy and stuff like that. And uh, he wrote the the reason why we met was because he wrote an entire article for Red Bull, um, their website, and about how Saint Anger is like their final masterpiece. So when you see a headline like that, it catches your attention. So I was like, I got to find out who this guy is. And so he's been on a bunch of times in defense of the the much, uh, the, the, the controversial album that is St. Anger to, to say the least. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't really agree with that because I think <laughs> Death Magnetic is a great album too. It's just that I can see why people would say that it's like, I think what happens is a lot of people sort of look at it from this very black and white textbook kind of situation where when Kill 'Em All came out, it changed everything. When Ride the Lightning came out, it changed everything again. And then that just kept happening with every single release. The Black Album comes out and yes, it changes everything, but in a more polarizing fashion. And then the same thing can be said with the Loads sort of era. And then up to St. Anger, again, it changed stuff for the era. It's just that Death Magnetic is seen as Metallica actually going backwards for the first time in their career, basically right. where they stopped changing how they do things and went back to 
the old style that they were already comfortably brought up upon. I think like most people say that when they're saying that St. Anger was the last, like, I guess, uh, classic in their discography. Yeah. Because they feel like, well, Death Magnetic is when they became a nostalgia act. I can, I, I've heard that argument before. And I, I mean, there are, I think, valid points about that, but I personally love the Death Magnetic album. But I, I will say this I do think Death Magnetic has not aged as well for me, but mostly because I was a huge fan of Hardwired to Self Destruct, which I sort of feel like they kind of took all their sounds and kind of put it in a blender and made it work into something fairly new. I'm kind of here or there with Hardwired. I don't know if you've heard the whole thing. Oh yeah, I, I mean yeah. honestly, you know, it's it's funny. Like, um, I I I got the uh, I mean, my folks got me like the big like expanded edition. Like, you know, it's the whole like, oh, I don't know what to get you for Christmas thing. Here, I'll give you this. <laughs> and I mean, like, honestly, I'm I I don't. I would say like probably like half the songs on that. I, like, I still would listen to easily. And that's just it is like there's definitely there's definitely good tunes even outside of the singles, like even outside of the ones everybody knows, like, you know, Moth into Flame, Hardwired to Self-Destruct. It's like probably the probably the two like songs I liked the most on that album were Spit Out the Bone and like uh Not We're Dead. Like those those ones are fun. Now that we're dead, really. I I like that one. It's groovy. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean you gotta give Spit Out the Bone the credit. Well, yeah, there's <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I, I feel like that was the spit out the bone is the song that every like eighties true was waiting for them to make since injustice for all. <laughs> That's not my favorite on hardwired, but it is, nor a, is it mine, but for me. my favorite is dream. No more. That is a banger. I mean, that is the, I will say this. The first time I heard dream no more, I liked it. The second time I heard it, though, I was like, oh, this is, like, really fucking good. It's just super heavy, super groovy. It has sort of, like, that... It's if, like, Sad But True and The Thing That Should Not Be had a baby. You get that song. That was the thing. For me, what just stood out to me about that song is that I... You didn't hear a song like that on a Metallica record since, like, Load, even. Where, like, it was just super slow and incredibly, like, haunting and stuff. Like, what was the slowest, heaviest song on Death Magnetic anyway? The slowest, heaviest song. I mean, there's really no, like, slow banger, I feel like. It's just more, like, mid-tempo, most of it more up-tempo stuff. Uh, but there's nothing that really has, like, that don't, don't, yeah. like, crunch, you know? Yeah, it doesn't have that kind of bounce to it. Yeah, exactly. Dream No More for me was like something that I missed about the older records. Yeah. They they're just such a they're I think they're an underrated groove band cuz you know, when you think of groove metal, you do not think of Metallica, you think of Pantera and a lot of other bands that are so fucking good at it. But there's an underrated grooveness to Metallica, especially I think once uh you get into some of the later stuff. I agree with that. Yeah, I I don't disagree either. I mean, I I would say like I mean, obviously you got your sad but true. That's that's a grouper. I mean, honestly, like I I don't look at I mean I don't look at the black album as something that I like very much. But I at least can't say like you know that that one is like undeniably fun. So much fun. 
that Avenged Sevenfold ripped it off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys heard that full album by chance? That full Avenged Sevenfold album? Oh, uh, Hail to the King? I, I believe that's the name of it, yeah. yeah it, it, honestly, um, I I did, and honestly, um, <laughs> I, I used to be like... To, to be honest, like outside of being bass in the band, like I, I've I've been drums for a very long time and I played drums in my original band. I used to be like really into Event Sevenfold. That was the album that turned me away, not going to lie. And I feel like, it, yeah, it's like in, in a lot of ways, I mean, like it's they 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 kind of wanted to do it and they even framed it in the interviews like that. It was like they wanted to pick up the torch that like Metallica and Pantera left out. And it's like, you know, I, I feel like it comes down to two things. One, because like, you know, it's just them just trying to do the black album, but their way. And secondly, like uh, their, their drummer at the time. I mean, honestly, there were some, there were some things noted that they basically had to show the guy. He was just somebody they're like, Hey, why don't you pick this person? Like, why don't you get this drummer in you? And I guess they worked out for a bit, but they had to show him, Metallica. They had to show him Megadeth. They had to show yeah. him Slayer and Pantera. You know, they got someone very unqualified. Yeah, and that's just. <laughs> it. I, mean, I mean, even with even with the stage being out now, and I mean, I didn't. I, that was an album that I didn't really care for as much either. But I mean, like with Brooks Walkerman, I think they're gonna be just with better hands. For that one, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, frankly, Rip the Rev, and unfortunately. Event Sevenfold have not put out an album that has matched anywhere near. Since you know, then. I got a hot take for you. What's that? The best drummer Event Sevenfold ever had was Mike Portnoy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm not going to disagree. I love the rest. I'm not going to disagree. I, I am one of those Mike Portnoy worshippers, and I think Leyland will agree with me on that. Dude, that, that guy is such a hell of a I love Dream Theater. I love Mike Portnoy's drumming on Dream Theater. Like, holy shit. <laughs> I mean, that's it's something you really just cannot deny. I mean, I'm not a big... I, I, I like some of this stuff, but I'm not like the... I'm far from being the biggest Dream Theater fan, but there's no denying the musicality and just epicness of most of it and the drums. I mean, it, anybody who says Mike Portnoy is not a good drummer just hasn't has no clue what they're talking about, so... <laughs> You know, but, another thing that Mike Portnoy is not a good drummer, doesn't know shit about drums. Honestly, I, <laughs> a, lot of, yeah. a lot of people I know who actually say they don't like Mike Portnoy or think he's a bad drummer are people who are salty because they cannot accept how good of a drummer he is. <laughs> because they were like, Neil Peart is my favorite drummer. Then they heard Mike Portnoy being better and being like, fuck this guy. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Carrie's the one for me personally, but you know, not a bad choice. Yeah. Who did you say? Uh, Danny Carey of Tool. Oh yeah, yeah. Both great drummers. I I had to ask you though about that Event Sevenfold down because I just remember I, I've I don't mind Event Sevenfold. I like some of this stuff, but I've never been a big big into them. But when I heard the I'll call it Sad but True Part Two because I'm not sure the name of the song. But oh, this it's, is war. It yes, thank you. It is. I'm like. I heard I was like, wait, they is, is this a cover? Like what is this like I'm like like you guys reimagine Saint Anger. I'm like, is this a reimagining of Sabatru? Like what do, <laughs> does does uh We pulled an event seven <laughs> I was like, is Hatfield and Ulrich have a writing credit on this? But then I heard I was like I, I I'm not sure I've ever heard the full album start to finish, but I've heard a good 
chunk of the album at least and there's so many parts of that album where you're like oh that's a pantera ripoff oh that sounds like gnr oh that sounds like metal it was just this like i'm all for like wearing your influences on your sleeves i'm all for you know waving the flag for the bands that inspired you and and everybody borrows and to some extent ripoffs i mean it's just what happens when you write music, but I mean, you could kill them all. Exactly. Like there's, it, there's so many nods to new wave of British heavy metal throughout, especially in the early records, but they just, yeah. they just well, did it. All is just motorhead. Yeah. We, right. And they just did it the smart way by choosing a bunch of obscure bands that most people didn't hear of so they could pass it off. But when you hear that album, I'm just like, Oh my God, this is just like rip off after rip off. Like it's not, it, it goes beyond just, paying tribute it's just like this is like an exact like riff on another album <laughs> I, mean, I think there's ways to do it correctly and ways to do it very wrong and i think that was kind of the main issue is uh sort of like what scotty was saying is by bringing in this drummer who those were not his original influences coming up with i right i know like some people just hear like you don't know acdc how dare you sir I feel like, you know, if the guy didn't listen to ACDC, just either accept that about him or get someone new. So, like, if his main thing was metalcore, just let that be his influences that steered the direction of the next album. Because the thing that happened, I think, on Hail to the King is that they tried to be paying tribute to these great bands of all time, thinking that, you know, this is our turn to carry the torch. When really the idea is that when not every single member of the band is like 100% on board with that idea, you're not going to even equal the same energy that those classics had in the first place. That I think was the big difference with like Kill 'Em All. And I'll even go so far as to say like Led Zeppelin's first album is the idea that they took their like they took like what you said by taking their influences on their sleeve, but they added so much more to it in the end that you can't necessarily say that it was a ripoff anymore. It was like, you couldn't hear that amount of energy on kill them all on like all of the other records they were influenced by at the time. Like they were the most energetic thing. Yeah. I think that's very well said. I'm curious though. Um, to hear from some of the other guys like if if i if i mean i think we can all agree that metallica is the only band in the entire world but if there were other bands <laughs> who are some of your other influences Metallica is the only band every band you've heard of is just metallica <laughs> <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like this is that one episode of metalocalypse is all like where they're a, 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 a band and stuff, you know, who like, the fuck is metalocalypse no you mean metallica right just like where like like oftenson's walking them through going like well, you guys have to approve of the cover band, so let them cover your stuff. And so they're walking through all this stuff like that. Metallica is Death Block. Everyone else is the cover band. <laughs> Honestly, Metallica is probably the closest band we'll ever get to being our version of Death Clock. Just like a band <laughs> yeah. influence is so massive that honestly, it's true. Metallica's influence in the metal world is so massive yeah. that the industry for metal bands as a whole depends on whether Metallica is busy or not. That is, there's a lot of truth yeah. to that. <laughs> like if Metallica quits, that will just ruin the potential to like reach more metal fans in the future yeah. because metal will just be seen as like the time period of when the biggest band of that genre quits. 
I don't believe necessarily they're the best band of the genre, but I do like you cannot dispute that they are the most influential and the most successful. Oh yeah. I'm interested to hear who some of your other influences are, some of the other bands that you guys dig that have influenced what you guys do in Gershock. And uh you know, it you you had the you have the nerve, sir, of say they're not the best. So who is the best? <laughs> I mean, honestly though, they are still my favorite metal band. Yeah. They're not my favorite artist or anything, but as far as metal goes, they are the top of my list. I don't think that means they are the best, though. I think that just means they're my favorites. I would say the best is reserved for bands like Black Sabbath, who, like, actually, you wouldn't have Metallica without them, first of all. Right. That's kind of what I'd say. Um, so are we going off of influences or what we actually would sort of rank these bands in terms of influence? I mean, I would say what are what influenced you guys personally? Like, what are what are you guys into? What so, has sort of formed how you approach your instruments and approach your music? That's down the line, then. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna I mean so with my kind of stuff. I mean, like, um, I'm not gonna lie. Like, ever since like probably like 2012, I've been like on a pretty big doom kick that I've never really gotten out of. It's to say, like, um bands and that that like i feel like have really done like the, their stuff for me have been like sleep electric wizard and like um and yob for example but like in terms yeah. of like what I'm, what I'm doing for my i mean for like what's here i mean like bass players that i really look up to i mean like outside of like you know i could obviously be like oh like you know of of course like you know like les claypool of course like you know um like dave ellison like a lot of there's there's definitely a lot to go from there like right I'd say like, you know, in terms of like with the stuff I have here, like I, I just try to reach for as much as I can, to be honest. I really do. It's just say like, like some, some days I feel like a band, like, you know, Napalm Death could be something that influences what I try to bring in. And other days it feels like some, a band, like, you know, I've, I've got a lot of, I've got a lot of love for prog metal. I've got, I've got my tool, my Mastodon, my, uh, you know, all, all that stuff. But in general, like I have those things, and then for the screaming, like that I provided the band, I'll I'll say this first here. I I actually learned to scream to uh, by attempting to uh, do uh, Bongzilla songs on guitar and nice. vocals. Nice, believe it or not, that's how I started. So it's like you know, I built up a fry. I've worked on my false chords a bit. Um, outside, I mean, that's that's the main thing. I'd say like you know to the to this day i mean there's definitely a lot of things that i pull from but it's like you know late lately definitely there's been a lot of the a lot of like doom stoner and sludge in my blood and i, I just have to say that so are you uh just to throw uh, a doom band out there i really like are, are you familiar with crip sermon i i have heard that name before yes i would check them out they're not that i mean i'm not a big doom metal guy I like some of it. I'm not big into it, but this is like the perfect doom metal band for me because it's if like Dio era Sabbath had a baby with Metallica. I'm not sure why so many bands are having babies with each other today, but if they had a <laughs> if they had a baby with Metallica, uh, that that's sort of what it reminds me of. I mean, there's definitely other influences in there, but they're uh, doom oriented. But their second album, especially the Ruins of Fading Light, kind of goes into some more up tempo stuff and uh, very melodic band. I, I I personally would highly recommend them. They're really nice guys too. I've had the the singer and the guitarist on the podcast, and they're really nice guys. So I would definitely uh, 
give them a listen if I were you and you can let me know what you think. When you hate it, you can tell me to go fuck off, but <laughs> you said you said crypt servant though, right? Sermon. Crypt sermon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give that a listen. Easy. I'll pass it along yeah. though. I'm honestly surprised, like, the more I've been listening to Rage Against the Machine lately, I'm surprised, like, the basis of that band isn't higher on your influence list. Well, he, well, he is, but it's to say, like, you know, that just didn't come to me at the moment. I mean, yeah. you, you see this beer. Honestly, like, the more <laughs> the more I listen to them, the more I'm like, I hear a lot of Scotty in this band. It's, like, I mean, I mean, super honestly, funky. I mean, honestly, though, like, uh, most of the, for the longest time that I was into them, like, I was playing drums to those records, to the be drums. honest. Honestly, that that might be why because the drums are so in sync with the bass on Rage yeah. Against the Machine that like you might as well be influenced by both. I'd also yeah. say Brad Wilk, he 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 freaking killed it on the on Black Sabbath 13. That was an excellent yes. choice. That was an excellent choice to not be Billboard, albeit of <laughs> course um of course I mean as my friend Tommy Doom would say, you know, no Billboard, no Black Sabbath, and I don't necessarily agree with him, but at the same time he's not still alive for me to argue with so you know all right so one thing i will say is that i do have a last fm account that i do post publicly to anybody who uh like and every time anybody asks me about my influences i don't mind just sharing that because i'm like here it is so based on that list my influences start number one is buckethead that is my number one favorite artist of all time then there's this giant gap and then you got frank zappa as number two and then you have another giant gap after frank zappa and then metallica is there so like that's pretty much like as far as metal bands goes because the other two are just wildly experimental and super prolific so the uh metallica would be number one for me after that honestly is followed by megadeth then I believe, you know, black there's like Black Sabbath, Iron Maiden, ACDC. Uh, I know Rammstein and Camelot are pretty high up there. Pantera for sure. Right. And, uh, you know, I could go on and on about listing band names. But the main thing is that I basically, I like to sort of listen to any band that doesn't mind sort of getting their hands dirty with like other types of genres of music. And that's one thing that Metallica is very unique with in terms of like a lot of other metal bands. Yeah. It's like, agreed. you're not just hearing the same record every single year with them. Yeah. I, I like that about them. How, you know, it's going to sound like Metallica. You just don't know where the needles exactly going to drop. You know, it, you, you know what to expect without knowing anything to expect, which I like about them. I will say this. Uh, I'm happy you mentioned Frank Zappa. I, I, I went through like a huge, frank zappa obsession you're uh, your fellow zappophile yourself yeah so it's i especially i especially when i was like when i was in high school through college i mean i still listen to zappa and love zappa but when i was in high, high school through college especially i was just like obsessed like i read everything i could find i bought like all the albums i dug into like all the classics all the mothers of invention stuff all the like guitar solo records, everything to like his classical albums, his more jazz stuff. Like I just like devoured it all. And I, what's I, your favorite album of his? I mean, I know, right? That's a tough one. <laughs> I I don't even know if I could answer that. I I've always been, I've always had a a soft spot for the early Mothers of Invention records. Um, I just I there's something about like the the sixty pop parodies that would 
then just go into like these 10 minute avant-garde like noise recordings and uh uh and then have these little skits in between of like the band members just fucking around and uh, uh i i i really like that era. but then you listen to something like joe's garage and it's just like a double album of classics and then uh you know shut up and play your guitar was you know just amazing guitar so after amazing guitar so so it's really hard to pin it down to one but i would throw some of those out there you know it's funny you mentioned joe's garage get, get in in this daniel you're the one who's like actually heard that album in the band yes i've heard that album before honestly i haven't quite gotten all the way through his discography i've been kind of pacing myself with it so for right now, I'd say Apostrophe is my favorite. But even then, like, that was one of the last albums I heard from him. So I'm like, for all I know, something yeah. else is going to replace that in a little bit. Well, that's the thing, too. He has about, I feel like, 70 albums. <laughs> and, uh, you know, more th- than that. yeah, there's so much material out there. And all of it's so different, you know. And especially once he got into like the 80s he was you know experimenting with new like synth technology and doing more jazz stuff and then he did more classical stuff it's just it's just all over the board but i i I definitely i'm still a big fan but i definitely went through like a huge huge zappa phase and there was something else you mentioned too that i was going to comment on but of course now i forget i don't think of it probably like two hours after we stop recording but well i mentioned like buckethead being like top of the list for me and then there was like bunch of experimental bands and the whole like metallica changing the way things are that was what i wanted to mention is that i wouldn't necessarily say that i don't know what to expect with metallica but one thing that i never say with another metallica record that i have said about other bands is like when i hear about other bands putting out an album i'm like well their last one wasn't that great i don't know if i'm going to get this new one i don't say that with metallica because even if i wasn't a big fan of the last one i'm like but that's not a good reason to not check out the new one because you don't right. like just because the last one was whatever doesn't mean you know how well the next one will be. Well, and I feel like a lot of people feel that way, right? When you look at their history, it's like, all right, they did, uh, you know, load and reload still sold like, you know, 10 million copies or whatever. But obviously they had the detractors. They kept on going. They did St. Anger. A lot of people pissed on that album. They just Saint kept Anger going. Sold more than reload. Yeah. So like it just no matter what they release and no matter who throws hate their way, it's like they're still selling millions of albums the next time. They're still selling out arenas and stadiums the next time. So like people are still, you know, they can come out with Lulu with Lou Reed and then they're still back today, you know, selling out stadiums worldwide. So like they just never really miss a beat, even when they get all this shade thrown their way. I do remember Mm -hmm. what I was going to ask you uh, to put you on the spot as a, as also a fellow Megadeth fan, um, I, I, you know, I, I don't want to brag, but I do a pretty good Dave Mustaine impression. Can I put you on the spot and have you do a Mustaine impression? Honestly, I know someone will appreciate that even more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I've been holding this in, but uh, the uh, best guitar player in, in Metallica was Dave Mustaine. <laughs> you know what? Uh, just take the mic away from him and. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> guys you're cutting up all right well give me give me your impression my good man (laughs) 
that's, that's like that's like mid nineties kind of yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> but as long as you get the ooh, like ooh, my name's Dave. <laughs> Honestly, it's so painful. You have to shove your voice all the way up into your nose when you do his. It's like, <laughs> "Hello me, meet the real me. <laughs> my misfit way of life. It's our black past is my Which... most valued possession." <laughs> Even yours is super deep like it's hard to do it. Yeah. Well, he has We did me and my people. <laughs> <laughs> it, he alternates i feel like between oh, yeah, too deep. he alternates between like the deeper like hello me and then the Ugh! like if you can do those two things you basically have it like the gist of it yeah i try not to though because uh i know <laughs> if i tried that for too long i'm going to never be able to sing again <laughs> but yeah um I guess we have, we have definitely found out that Metallica is an addiction. You might say that you're off the Metallica <laughs> camp, but you'll always be back for more. <laughs> so let's hear from the other ones. I know Daniel, when we end with him, he has a lot to say. So, <laughs> Well, if we want to bring it uh, back to Daniel. <laughs> Return, Leyland, come on. Yeah, All right, okay. So my influences. Um so... This better be good. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Um, you fucking boy. <laughs> I'm a big fan of the uh, Wiggles, of course. Okay, Lally, yeah. come on. <laughs> no. Um, so, growing up, uh, so I grew up in a uh, Texas. Um, Southern, Southern Rock <laughs> is like a very big influence of mine. You know, ZZ Top, Leonard Skinner. Skinner's um, from Alabama. True, <laughs> but it's still Southern. Um, it definitely influences my style of playing on more occasions than I would like to admit. Uh, the, the, the other band members have straight up told me, Leyland, for the love of God, stop making it sound so <laughs> southern sounding, super twangy, super, super bluesy. Um, also, um, one of my influences surprisingly is uh, reggae music. Oh, wow. Uh, I grew up listening to a lot of reggae music. Then uh, yeah, that is surprising that you like good music. I know, right? It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Hold up, I still like that hillbilly shit. <laughs> um, and then actually, when I started learning guitar, um, um, uh, uh, my guitar teacher uh, is actually a, a trained classical guitarist. So I actually got really, nice. into, uh, really into classical music, into jazz. Um, about the same time, got really into symphonic metal. So Nightwish, Camelot. Uh, cool, yeah. Also a big, big fan of uh, prog metal. So I love Mastodon. Uh, love Tool. As as, as, as as we had mentioned yeah. earlier, big fan of Dream Theater. Um, uh, going back to Megadeth, I'm a big mm. fan of. I'm a big fan of the albums Marty. Friedman played on. Yeah. <laughs> that dude, yeah. that dude, insane, insane musician. I uh, love his work. He did back in, I think, the 80s with Jason uh, Becker. Yeah. Um, so a lot of like instrumental shred, neo, uh, neoclassical stuff. Right. Um, let's see. I noticed you haven't mentioned Metallica yet. 
(laughs) (laughs) That's the weird thing. It's like, I love Metallica, but it's, I don't know if I could say they're one of my biggest influences. They don't even rank above Disturbed with this game. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> well, I I personally think Marty Freeman is, I mean, he's untouchable. He's like the best. He's hands down the best lead guitarist Megadeth has ever had, and I include Dave Mustaine in that. Um, just his tone, his the way he plays, it, it just is so much like color to it. it oh, I yeah. love his work. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just how he emphasizes things, just how he uh, phrases. Uh, yeah. The dude is very, very. He's very expressionistic in how he actually uh, plays, and um, I definitely hear a lot of that when I'm listening to like Joe Satriani, Steve Vai. Oh yeah, you didn't mention Joe yet. I love Joe Satriani. I love Steve Vai. I do have to mention. <laughs> so I'm really big, and um, I'd say one of my big, um, really influenced by a lot of instrumental music. So I love. Uh, yeah, big fan of instrumental guitar. Instrumental I got you music, into Buckethead classic. too. Yep, yep. Um, actually, I would say Buckethead was probably what got me into like the world of post rock with some of his like really with like his really atmospheric yeah, albums. Dude. Like I think the first Buckethead I the first Buckethead album I fell in love with, I actually borrowed from X. It was a uh, Real Diamond in uh, the Rough. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. I not, love that album. I was like expecting you to say like Coma, like a fucking normie, but like no, no I love, I love choice. a real, <laughs> album, but it's such a good album. I'm and like that is kind of like blossomed into getting. An, I'm a really big fan of like clean, atmospheric. It's just kind of it kind of uh, evolved dramatically over the years. And uh, actually, these actually both Daniel and X got me into the Mars Volta. So yeah, <laughs> I'd say Daniel. Mackie's. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So kind of like lots of jumping around, no real clear of like, oh yeah, we started from this band and you know progressed into the genre. It's kind of, kind of a lot of, definitely a lot of uh, buddies and uh, people I've met saying, hey yeah, you should totally check out this band. Okay, and then you end up discovering some crazy right. shit, a whole new uh, yeah genre you never would have uh, thought about. I noticed you mentioned everything except for the metalcore stuff, which I think is the one that you can totally take claim to yourself. I mean, as I had mentioned earlier, like the band that I would say really got me into the genre of metal was the bullet, was Bullet from Valentine's, uh, the album Poison. The first, yeah. 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 Their uh, first album. I can definitively say that's what got me into the world of metal and it kind of exploded from there. Yeah. But you, you even branched out. Nice. Of, right. Like mm-hmm. with the kill switch and all that stuff. Yeah. I was into kill switch for a little bit, but not, not super heavily like oh i love whole albums i definitely like a couple of their songs what but... was the other one like all that remains or something i did get into all that remains yeah, yeah. for uh, for like one or two albums yeah so uh, like which ones? you were the one guy in the band i remember that actually had like a lot of metalcore influences out of all of us mm-hmm. what about Avenged Sevenfold? <laughs> <laughs> you're like i only like the album with sad but true part two <laughs> i can say the only Avenged Sevenfold album I like in its entirety is probably n- n- Nightmare, the one that Mike Portnoy did the drums for. It does have their best drummer. <laughs> and we come full circle. <laughs> and there we are. <laughs> yeah. All right. I guess we got one more. Hey. 
<laughs> hey, Daniel, how's it going, bud? Say more than one word this time. Hold on, let me gather my thoughts. So, I have a lot of influences. I listen to a lot of music. But I guess for the sake of this podcast, the fuck you just say? <laughs> <laughs> Bathrooms down the street. <laughs> Don't forget the mask. No, um, I... <laughs> What was I saying? So yeah, listen. Oh, he's good, he's gonna fuck, fuck that, dude, bro. <laughs> he just yammered on, man. I told you ten minutes ago to take the mic away from him. <laughs> <laughs> At one job. So I was saying I listen to a lot of kinds of music. Have different influences, different genres. Um, I listen to everything. I listen to everything except uh, hip hop and country. No, <laughs> no, I'll retract that. But um, for the sake of this podcast, I'll just talk about the bands. I guess you know I grew up in a lot of classic rock, but I guess um. The first couple of bands that come up are mostly like new wave bands like The Police or Talking Heads for sure. Grew up uh, listening to that in high school. Uh, let's see. What else was that? So like as far as prog goes, you know, Mars Volta and Tool for sure. Oh, Rush. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely Rush. Yeah, Rip Neal. Yeah, okay, some more modern stuff, I guess. Um one of my favorite bands, probably of all time, too, would be the OCs. They have kind of an interesting history. They have, like, an album every year, but their first couple of albums are more lo-fi garage rock. But now they've changed the lineup, and they've gone more into, like, a more proggy, kind of kraut-rocky sound. Very experimental stuff. So definitely looking forward to hearing what they got next. They just released a new... Uh, they released two albums this year. One of them was a live album that... uh featured a lot of deep cuts they never played live so i was definitely excited as a hardcore fan of them as far as rock that's as far as rock bands go i mean i could go on about other jimmy who oh not jimmy page (laughs) jimmy hendrix yeah jimmy hendrix all the jimmies yeah yeah actually i mean mean, jimmy should be enough right jimmy i should just say jimmy just say jimmy and everyone else is in second place jimmy morrison (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean you're the one guy in the band who i think really can say that you've dipped your toes in into the whole hip-hop genre more than i have like i know maybe a lot of the aftermath records a lot of the shady record stuff but you've actually like gone that whole route because you know that's your sort of background too so i think it's worth mentioning honestly so yeah what so daniel now that i've had i mean you're on a roll here with the talking so keep going man all right, what are you saying? You're on a roll here. I, I was half expecting your answer to be that you're influenced by music, and then you were going to pass the <laughs> mic. So please continue sharing. Life influences me now. Uh, influences. Oh shoot, man, we go down a rabbit hole here. Let's do it. Let's go. All right. Um, I'm just going to first say off the clock, uh, off the probably Def Crips. They're kind of hip hop. Yeah, I'll call them hip hop. Screw it. They're an experimental band. Uh, they're kind of on their own game there. I definitely recommend it if anyone wants to check their stuff out. Uh, what else have we got? I'm a huge Kanye West fan. Definitely. I don't know if I'm going to vote for him, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Kanye West, huge influence on me as well, for sure. Love his work. My Beautiful Dark Twenties. Twisted Fantasy, 10 out of 10 for sure. I like pop music. I like electronic music for sure. Daft Punk, Fatboy Slim, The Prodigy, The Prodigy, Chemical Brothers, all that 90s stuff for sure. Yeah. Uh, Where was it? So hip hop, you know, Kendrick Lamar, Travis Scott, Kid Cudi, uh, 
just off the top of my head. I like this. Um, you like Logic? I like I like some of his songs, you know. Yeah. What about the Wu Tang? The Wu Tang. I haven't really gotten into them that much, to be honest. Dude. I I know. Yeah, I know. I know, I know. I, just, <laughs> I was gonna say Outkast, um, MF Doom for sure. Oh, shit, like the Mad Villainy album, I still listen to. I like some Beastie Boys, even like the uh, what's that? What not License Hill? What's Sab? Sab? What was Sabotage? What was that one? I don't know why, but that made me think of the White Stripes. The White I love the White Stripes. I go on for, about Jack White for sure influenced me, especially with like aesthetic reasons. Yeah like his branding oh yeah totally we were we just watched um the other day my wife and i were watching the latest episode of snl that he performed on and we were actually having the exact conversation about how he's so good at like subtle branding like you know every like project of his has like a different color code you know the white stripes had the you know red and now his soul stuff is more like blue base it's just like little subtle things that just gush about white stripes can i just say like their music videos for a second like who comes up with those ideas anymore it's like we'll have these story-based things and maybe someone just with a green screen just decides to fuck with it for like the whole time (laughs) yeah where like White Stripes legitimately just bought like a million different kick drums and like Marshall cabs for a music video. They like yeah. bought a bunch of Legos and made stop motion for a music video. Who oh. comes up with that anymore? Yeah. Very creative stuff. It's hard to do new stuff in music videos, especially, especially when it's like kind of, you know, I feel like the, there's not a big platform for it unless if it goes, something goes viral, you know, um, with, you know, MTV not being music television anymore and uh, and whatnot. But yeah, it definitely, you know, there's still a big market out there for music videos. And I think you got to get noticed by being creative with it. But it's it's just hard to be that person who can do something brand new with it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's interesting to hear. It's interesting to hear like kind of all your different backgrounds you know, there's obviously similarities and crossovers, but also a lot of diversity. And I, in I, when I heard, uh, like your album, dark matter and stuff, and even with the St. Anger cover and, uh, you know, just seeing like your personality stuff in the music video, it seems like a very diverse band that sort of has come together to create kind of like a, your own sound. So how would you kind of explain to people who have not yet heard, listened to Gershock? How would you kind of, explain the sound of the band in a uh, nutshell <laughs> can you if anybody hasn't heard of us before um we are gershock by our shirts <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean like uh I, what i always tell my friends is like you know we kind of we kind of got like you know collectively like those like thrash roots of the area that's something that like, is still very yeah. prevalent in us but it's like you know it's like we have that, but then it's like Daniel over here who's grooving. He's our Latin jazz guy, so everything he does naturally sounds pretty groovy. We got Leyland over here with his like really southern esque, and he's and he's got he's he's got he's got he's got it he's got he's got his southern stuff and his beard. So with that all with that all together, I mean but that's that's one thing. Nordic. He he is also Nordic, so you know it's yeah. like you have you have all that together. <laughs> it's like you know you have that. Then this guy, this guy with his bucket head and his like, uh, 
like I would say like you know Hollywood grade like James Hetfield impression vocals you know so that's <laughs> like you know that's we my voice <laughs> I, I know that's the point the point the fact of the matter is you have that and then like I'm just over here like you know sometimes I slap sometimes I go I scream and like that's what it is it's like you know it's I've, I've always kind of said like you know in a lot of ways like at least for on dark matter even an experimental thrash band because to say like you know we have that in our blood, but it's like, you know, we aren't just doing the same thing that, that like everyone else is doing. And in my opinion, it's like, you know, right. we're not, we're not like another band that's like over here trying to be Exodus. You know what I mean? Right. Like truthfully, if every band member had the exact same influences and we were just putting out the same type of music, I'd personally be bored as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for <laughs> yeah. Real though. I would get so bored so fast. To add to that, that's pretty much most of the metal bands we've played with, at least in my opinion. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. I, I don't agree with him. Um, <laughs> it's it's okay. Off. He did he did he did not drop any names. <laughs> but I have been, but I've been the basis of every metal band you've played with. So now I'm personally offended. I was. Uh, I mean, hey, if you're if we didn't name you and you're offended by what he said, you probably already know. <laughs> I would say, um, as far as dark matter goes, like you know, we've already just being in the studio at this current time. Like our stuff now sounds very different from dark matter. But as far as dark matter goes, like one of the things that I would say describes what we were kind of doing at the time is, um, I was more in, like. I really admired how Breaking Benjamin kind of did this thing where they took very popular style of music in the like early 2000s with like pop punk style sounds. And then they would kind of combine them with more hardcore stuff so that people who were just listening to like surface level level radio for stuff like Good Charlotte and Blink-182 still could vibe with Breaking Benjamin, but then Breaking Benjamin would also throw in like harsh vocals randomly and then super like breakdown laden, like hardcore parts so that people who were like trying to go from the surface level radio into the harder stuff sort of transitioned from Breaking Benjamin stuff because like if they didn't like it all the time, they at least could appreciate it for the small amounts that they were doing it for. So I kind of took more influence in the idea of making a record that sort of skates on the surface level of what people are already familiar with so that they can get into it at the first listen, but then kind of slowly introducing them into things that, you know, most people just don't give the time of day, like the more experimental things, the more harsher things, for instance, like definitely stuff that Scotty contributes to. So like if there was someone who heard our stuff that said, you know, I, I never really even listened to this kind of music before, but you guys actually made me like it more. Like, that's all that we were trying to accomplish with Dark Matter from the beginning. Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely fair. I mean, honestly, that's it's it's fun being weird. It really is. It really is. Because honestly, like, honestly, like, you know, restricting yourself and like the notion of like what one genre can do. And that's something like, you know, I've actually thought about it a lot lately with like a lot of like when I looked back at the 2010s and like, you know, which bands are going to be like the ones that people are like, Oh, these guys did, did something different. And I mean, frankly, right. I mean, that's, that's something like, you know, there's the whole accessibility factor at the same time. There's the whole, like, you know, throwing 
throwing stuff together that doesn't normally work. I mean, honestly, we got that with Death Heaven. Me and Daniel over here went to their concert on his birthday. I mean, when they just dropped Sunday, they're like, who knew that, like, Shoegaze and Black Metal was going to go really well together? Which I'm a big fan of that band as well. I think oh, they're phenomenal. Yeah. You know, what, what do you think of Ordinary Corrupt Human Love, though? I actually, I, I really, I love that album. I, I I don't know. Like I I I kind of I I didn't like it as much. Like I I really vibe with like I really vibe with Sunbather and New Bermuda, and like having having heard like Rose Judah as well. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Frankly, one of one of my friends is over here like beat saying like everybody's a poser because they didn't like you know Rose <laughs> to Judah. Like they didn't they. Didn't, <laughs> oh, yeah, yes it is. Yes it's Sean. You're right. <laughs> but, Already <laughs> nut dropping. <laughs> yes. In. But the, fact <laughs> matter, but the fact of the matter, like, you know, the, the fact of the matter, though, is like, you know, the that that's a big thing. And I mean, like, it's the whole like, you know, throwing stuff together and seeing what works. Right. I mean, like in a lot of ways. I mean, Ghost did that. Baby Metal did that. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Ghost. There, there's an influence. Yeah. I mean, like that just it is like, you know, a lot of I feel like a lot of the bands are going to be remembered from that time are going to be the ones that, you know, that, that just tried something different be honest i think a band that did that really well personally is like system of a down right it's huge oh, commercial oh, you know, crossover bands that just systems a top five like favorite bands for me we just we just yeah they were number two for you that's well yeah that's right that's right i mean think of how many bands can be on you know can be top 40 and have blast beats and also like surfer rock and uh, you know the Middle Eastern influence and just it, it's all over the place, but it's so accessible and within the confines of basically like a three-minute uh, pop song. It, it's they always remind me of like the Beatles just were on like crack, and uh, which they probably were at some point. But uh, if if the Beatles were on crack and steroids and just playing, you know, faster, heavier stuff, that would give you beat Talica. What were you saying? You were talking about the uh the way it wasn't dark matter though. I mean like uh I I still I feel like with a lot of the stuff we did on the record, it's like we said it's like we said we like we were like still like we still had our roots, we still had our stuff there, but I mean like we yeah. had, we had things that like weren't the same. It's like, you know, we had we had game that like widely took influence from like you know, outside of it like in hindsight being a little dad rockish that one took, that one took like influence from like you know the Doomstoner kind of stuff especially in the break, then alongside of that like you know, we we mean like I I would say like, alongside of that like like nukes being like out of convention like not doing the same thing like kind of instead of like just ending with the fast stuff, like continuing into more than what it was. And then even, even alongside of that, I mean, one of my favorites like that we did from the record germ, like really the way, the way it kind of started off, like with the ambient section, like, well, not ambient, but you know, the kind of softer, you know, more melodramatic and then building into the crescendo it later got to. Right. It's just to say, like, I, I really feel like what we tried to do is we really tried to, insert as much of like our outside stuff as we could into what we already were before. And I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun screaming on that record. I mean, 
I mean, like, honestly, on a recording, um, game used to be my record until I recently did a uh, cover of the Coffin Dance in a Funeral Doom style. At that that broke the record of that, but you know, that that's just it. it. It was a lot of fun pushing limits like that. And we're not gonna stop there either. I was gonna say, uh, speaking of germ, a lot of people have like told me like, hey, you guys took a lot of influence from Fade to Black for that one. I will have to go on record saying that I took influence from Muse's Citizen Erased for that song in particular. That's just my opportunity to say uh, Muse was definitely one of my top bands for influences. The idea that a song can start soft, get heavier, like what people have expected on like songs like One, but then go back to soft again. It's like other only other song I feel like people really know about that does that is Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, the blueprint has been there, right? I think Metallica gets associated with it a lot because they've done that blueprint multiple times with great success. You know, when you look at Fade to Black, Welcome Home Sanitarium, One, um, even in the later albums like The Day That Never Comes. But, uh, yeah, but the blueprint's been there, you know? Yep, it's about, uh, I think it's just about which one you resonate most with, really. That's what we'll generally get compared to. So, like, a lot of people right, will totally. say we sound like this, and nobody seems to say the same exact answer every time. But I don't <laughs> think they're wrong. I think if it resonates with them, yeah. it reminds them of that, that still is what we were accomplishing. I mean, honestly, one of the, one of the ones that was really funny, like that I remembered, was like getting called Mister Bungle White, and it, <laughs> it, it's, it's it's funny because like I had never heard that before. But at the same time, like. Uh, I, I don't know if this makes me a bad Mr. Bungle fan, but like I hadn't heard like, you know, the wrath of the raging wrath of the Easter bunny yet. So, you know, yeah, that just did. It's like, I've just known like they, them as they were experimentally. So right. I get that comment now. I really wish they're coming out with, by the way, they're like uh fully re-recorded and everything. They, they're, they're doing like a new version of that demo. Yeah, that's right. And freaking, um, what's it called? Um, Anthrax guitarist. Why is his name? Scott Ian. Scott Ian. Scott yeah. Ian and Dave Lombardo. And Lombardo. Yeah. For some reason, like I was thinking Bond Scott. Like, no, that's not right. You know, that's not right at all. That's not right at all. <laughs> they do not have ACDC's dead vocalist. No, they. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, honestly, like at the same time, too, what I kind of like about the, what I kind of like about like the experimental route. And I mean, I feel like this is going to be more prevalent on the work we do post dark matter, but it's like in a lot of ways, I mean, it's to say that some people are, everyone's going to like us for something different too. I feel like, cause it's like, you know, yeah. in that regard, it's like maybe some people are going to like us for this one, like thing we did. That's very outside our comfort zone. Not like anything we've done, but they like it. And then some people are going to be like, you know, like, man, like you guys sold out, like freaking, mm-hmm. you, well you know, we get anybody saying that we sold out. I am going to like every single comment that says that. <laughs> Honestly, Scotty and I just love seeing anytime people hate on us for something. And I think we've got more of that for St. Anger than we got for anything else we've ever put out. And we love every single one of those comments. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that's a perfect transition because I was going to say, you know, I feel like uh, that's the Metallica influence in you where, 
they're sort of like bring the hate. I remember, I think it was they're behind the music back in the day. And Jason Newsted was like, yeah, we sold out every seat in the house. You know, it just <laughs> has like that little cocky swagger to it. You know, it's like, but it's like true. It's like, I, you know, I think they're a band that, you know, got more commercial at times, uh, but they never strayed too far from their roots and they always would circle back. And I, everything that they did seemed to me, and obviously I'm biased, I'm the host of a Metallica podcast, but it seemed uh, pretty natural and uh, like a natural direction for them to go. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the albums came out relatively within the year they started writing them anyway. So like the idea is that right. they weren't necessarily doing what Tool did where they would like make an album and then just wait four or five years and then put out the next one. And that's, you know, not even ex- not even including Fear and Oculum. So it's like... When you were when you're able to put out music as consistently as Metallica was, like during their prime years, like Yeah. I think you're just inevitably going to end up with a natural progression because you don't have time to just think about, you know, let's really change everything that we're doing. It's like right. the biggest uh gap at the time was, you know, nineteen ninety one between nineteen eighty eight for Justice going into Black Album. That was like three years. Like yeah. how can you in three years expect everything that happened to them in the mid 90s right it's crazy and, and i'm interested too to dive more into what you said about just hating your cover do you you guys got some uh blowback on the cover was it because you chose that song or was it from like metallica fans because you made some changes song which is something else i want to get into which you know it you call it a a, a reimagining which it is because some of the you it's definitely your own arrangement. You've added in a guitar solo. You've added in some new lyrics. You've added, uh, you've altered some words here or there. So I'm just curious to kind of dive more into the hate you guys got from it, why you got the hate, and what led to um, some of the changes. I know that's kind of a loaded question because it's like three I mean, questions, but it's more so just like, you know, we we could talk about the hate we got, but honestly, like that would just be kind of inaccurate to the general response because it's honestly it kind of surprised us just how positive the response was when it came out. It was like, I mean, I've seen nothing but positivity on it yeah. and it, and you guys, I, I think I, I listened to it again right before we started recording. And I think at this point it's like, it's approaching 22,000 views on YouTube. It's, it's definitely blown up for you guys. Yeah. I mean, it, it is our most viewed now. Very much so. Yeah. But it's like, the main thing is that, we actually had to sort of, you know, we got on all the whole Alex Hefner reaction that really boosted our plays at a certain point. Yeah. We had to do that in order for any haters to sort of show their face to us or something. Because <laughs> yeah. that was the big thing going into it is that we were saying like, oh man, this will really stick in their craw or something. But, you know. I mean, yeah. I mean, the way the way it was is, I mean, like pre-releasing the video, I mean, we, we already had like 1,300 subs. I mean, that's like 1,300 people who were going to see it that already like us. So, I mean, naturally, I kind of feel like there's not, I mean, like just like outside of like, you know, sharing it like on our Facebook and stuff like that and like in Reddit and whatever. Sure, it was, yeah. It wasn't going to be like until it started getting in places where people weren't expecting to see it, where people weren't like Re- really like looking for that that people were going to start getting mad that's the main thing yeah the main thing is although at the same time another big reason we chose it is because um i honestly have never seen a lot of metallica covers that blew up that even had positive responses and it didn't even matter if the cover was perfectly acceptable like you know uh 
yeah. Ron Kanto with their sort of cover of Battery, for instance. Yeah. They're like a yeah. I mean, like I remember seeing that when it came out, and I was just like, Jesus, I didn't know you could do that in a band. But all the comments <laughs> were just people being like, No, nah, you guys suck. <laughs> and it was like it was never even people being like you know i just feel like the concept just wasn't really there it doesn't lend itself well to an all acapella yeah. thing it was just people being like fuck you guys don't even try <laughs> that's also the nature of the internet right like to not to get too off track but i i was just recording uh an episode not that long ago and uh my guest and i were talking about how you know an album like saint anger it's sort of like one of the early albums to fall victim to like internet hate. And I feel like that album would be held in a lot more positive light in 2020 if the internet didn't exist back when St. Anger came out. Because it, I, I feel like I, I, I was a senior in high school when that album came out. I was like just about to graduate. And I remember like I knew people at high school were like, oh, yeah, the new Metallica album's awesome. It's heavy. It's fast. And da, 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 da. And then, like, two weeks later, like, oh, yeah, that album shit. I'm just like, <laughs> that's not what you said two weeks ago. So I'm like, I don't care if you like it or not, but, like, what's your, you know, you're, you're flip-flopping on me here, you know? Yeah, not to mention that was also around the time of the Napster trials. Right, so that was, like, a whole, I mean, that whole era of the band was, you know, kind of a little point between the napster backlash and everything (laughs) how can we piss off everybody the the commercial that lars did with like one of the lions twins like that that was actually kind of funny i'm not gonna lie like in hindsight (laughs) that was that was a pretty funny commercial but you know that that's just it i mean like if if you're a band like going against a bunch of kids that are over here like oh, well, why pay for music when I can just get it, like, on this site? I mean, you're already, like, going to put yourself on a shit list for a ton of kids, you know? Well, so I kind of wanted to say, like, that was something we were expecting was going to happen with us, too. It was that I wanted to uh, see what it would, like, what kind of response we would get from that because not only were we choosing a song that most people will just very actively and loudly just shit all over, but like if anybody liked the original then they would also hate on us because we completely changed everything we would thought it was going to be way more polarizing <laughs> yeah. than it ended up being for some reason yeah so explain some of those changes how they came about kind of the reasoning behind it was it just you wanted to put your own spin on it or honestly this is something that i like a lot of people ask me about but i always like i always stick to the same story here is that um People assume that we all just collectively hate that song, like with a burning passion, like wouldn't even touch it. Like I know, Scotty, you'll say like you know, like Megadeth better, but at the same time, you you because they are better. But you did you <laughs> did spot that I told you to take the mic away from him. <laughs> you did spot potential when saying anger, and you can you can definitely say that for sure, right? Yeah, I mean, honestly, uh the main thing there, I mean, like, it's definitely always a thought that, like, with the song itself and with how it was done, how everything was, the state of what the members of the band were at the time, I mean, frickin', like, Jason fucking left the band, period, exclamation point, you know, that's just it, <laughs> like, and when, like, all, like, I, I, I'm I'm sitting here, like, a little fuzzy on the details of some kind of monster, I think most, if not all of them were in rehab at the time. Just James. Oh, it was just James, okay. Yeah. 
he 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 would know that, not me. But like the <laughs> fact of the matter is, like there was a lot. There was a lot of inner tension. There's a lot of stuff like that. And then you had yeah. Bob Rock trying to put his whole spin on it as well. It's I mean, honestly, there were just in general a lot of like in hindsight, and I'm sure like even the members to this day might might think this, but like in hindsight, a lot of bad decisions when making the record and like in terms of like, you know, maybe like not, not so much necessarily on composition, but like, you know, with uh, like mixing with like production with like song lengths, even to a little bit, oh, that's composition, but yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go back. So like on pretty that, much but... the thing is like, uh, e even me, like I was saying like St. Anger was the song that got me started on Metallica. So I already loved the song from the beginning. It was just like, one of the things that was very frustrating for me just growing up as a Metallica fan when I was still a you know younger teenager is that I could not share that with anybody. It was like I would tell people like, hey, check out St. Anger. And like, dude, don't. No, don't listen to that song. It's garbage. And like, <laughs> it's like we told people going into this what we were going to change like before the song was even being recorded. We were like, you know, like if we just gave the – you know gave the snare a better tone to it if we like made the guitars less muddy if we made the bass more present if the lyrics spent a little more time working on it if the songs were shorter if there was guitar solos every like every time i would say that stuff to people they're like oh so basically you mean just change the song until it's a different song entirely and i felt like the, you know you're not getting the picture here it's like if we did all that it would still sound like the song like i don't feel like people hearing yeah. our song are like i don't hear anything from like the original saint anger in this it's just that it's a different way of spinning on it is the thing i feel like if they were able to come back to that record on maybe a clearer mind without all of the drama that was surrounding them at the time they might have been able to actually execute it a lot better so for me it was like I was waiting for the day to come where Metallica, you know, while they were doing the remaster of Kill 'Em All, the remaster of Ride the Lightning and Master Puppets, when And Justice for All came around, everybody was stoked about like, now we're going to get actually audible bass on this. And they were like, no. So they remastered yeah. it and there's still no bass on it. And like, James, I remember, was nailed for that. And he was saying, well, I don't think it's like, I don't think you should really just change the past. I mean, like you wouldn't go and look at the Mona Lisa and say, Hey, can't Leonardo da Vinci just paint it better? Like you know, right. give her a better smile. And it's just, it's, that was very disappointing for me because I'm like, it's clear that if like, if we wanted a, a better version of St. Anger Metallica, just for some reason is not going to give it to us. So we just kind of were like, fine. I'll do it myself. Get the gauntlet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, if they told me, like, if they just said in an interview, we're going to re-record St. Anger for real this time, I would have just completely backed away from that and said, fair enough. Let's see what you got. But they're not going to do that. So that was kind of the reason why we decided, you know, we're, we just, I just want to show people how good that song could have been. Because, like, I hear a song that's already great, but I understand why some people don't. So we just took a lot of the concerns and gave them what they complained about. And now that's basically what they wanted was like, they wanted solos. They wanted a better snare sound. So we're like, well, let's address these and see what happens. 
to go back to your point too about like the remasters i do like that about metallic where the they don't want to change the past and i will bring up megadeth again because and i've said this before in this podcast the megadeth remasters are atrocious and i'm not sure if you've heard them but like they completely they well and they completely change like some of the albums some of the songs are completely different than how i heard them growing up i mean like he just re-recorded the vocals for rust and peace yeah and like i i will hear like a mix on so far so good so what i'm like that guitar part wasn't in there because it's just it you know it's mixed differently or it but it's not in a way that it's not in a way that cleans up the album it's in a way that changes the sounds of the album to me and changes the songs that we all know and love and that are like to me are classics and so in that regard i'm happy that metallica is at least leaving things the way that they are and just sort of sprucing up the sound and the feel george lucas on it that's what dave mustaine basically did and i and i now and yes i don't want my metallic house to be george lucas i don't need a jar jar binks in my sane anger okay both of you to assume jar jar or what is it saint anger wasn't the phantom menace <laughs> but um but i like like i would much rather than i would much rather hear a new metallica album than a like re-recording of Saint Anger, which is why I appreciate a cover like yours, where I'd rather hear a fresh take on it uh, by a band that you know takes it in their own direction. And to me, uh, you know what appealed to what what appealed me to uh, what appealed to me about your cover was that it is there's no mistaking what song it is and the changes that you made are subtle even the lyric changes i'm like oh wait a minute he's singing different words there it, it wasn't like an immediate thing that stood out to me and obviously when you re-listen you especially you can hear you know the 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 cleaner production's obvious but then you hear like you know the bass becoming more of a focal point at certain times and you know, there are things that are obvious upon first listen and then things that stood out to me more the second time I listened is my yeah, point. Yeah, kind of like and, every now and then you're you'll like hear that there was a pinch harmonic thrown in there, and you're like, "Oh, I didn't notice that." Yeah, it's just it, it's very, but the changes you made too seemed very natural and fluid. It didn't feel forced. It didn't seem like um, it didn't come across as a band that was like, "Hey, this song sucks. We're going to make it better." It seems like there was a genuine. This was why I was so interested in talking to you about because it seems like there was a genuine interest and passion for the material. Yeah, there was some respect just, for yeah, there there was respect for the material. It just you guys did it your own way, and while like you said, addressed a lot of the complaints that it had against it. So, in like I said, I'd much rather hear a fresh take like yours than hear Metallica redo it. That make I guess I can sort of get behind that. It's to say, you know, people would be more accepting of a cover version of a song like that as opposed to Metallica themselves coming back to it. Because imagine what the headlines would read if Metallica announced they were going to do Saint Anger two. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I mean, I feel like some people are starting to open up to Saint Anger all the while. It's like. 
it may have been yeah. massively panned when it came out, but now it's like people oddly look back on it like a weirdly classic record in the sense like, man, remember back when they did that? Ah, I actually kind of liked Frantic and all that. There's been a few people who've said that in the comments too. I've heard that too, yeah. It, it, I think part of it is is that like when they came out with the short hair and load and reload, People were like, Metallica's dead. I think people don't want that to be like the lasting memory of Metallica. But now when they can look back and be like, all right, that was just something they did, something they tried, and then they moved on from it. I feel like people are more, can be, can kind of go into it with like uh, a fresh mind, fresh eyes again, and kind of appreciate it more for what it was. I also think too, for like, Load Reload was like I was in middle school when those albums came out, so I consider that like my generation Metallica. So you have people like me now that are in their thirties, forties, who are like who appreciate those records more than the generation before because it's what we grew up with. Mm-hmm. And I think for you know a similar thing can be said for like Saint Anger. Like for some people, that's gonna have there's gonna be some nostalgia behind it because it came out when they were in middle school or high school or. Um, and again to it now, now that you know that like St. Anger is not their like lasting record to the world, like their final statement, you can kind of go back and be like, all right, I really dug death magnetic. I really dug hardwire self-destruct. Let me go back and kind of revisit this record. And I'm not saying everybody can do that and be like, Oh, that's like Master of Puppets. Mm-hmm. But I think you can go back to do and be like, yeah, that song's not bad. Oh, that's a cool riff. Oh, that's kind of a clever lyric or and kind of appreciate it for what it is. And yeah. you know, I I, I don't people will actually go back to St. Anger just because it's different. Like now that we have, you know, Death Magnetic and Hard like Hardwired to Self-Destruct, you know, people are kind of getting the idea like, okay, so th- this is just what they do from now on. They're strictly sticking to thrash metal like now you look back and St. Anger, you're like, wow, they, they never really attempted that ever again after that album. So that's that's it. That's if you want to hear like the sort of lower tune, sludgier stuff, that's like where you're going to get. Yeah, I would say I would say sludgy is misrepresenting. Let's sludgy be, is absolutely representing. <laughs> let's, let's, let's be real. And I'm saying this in a way because like this is not just something they did because Slayer did it, too. And to a degree, Megadeth did it, too. They were chasing the new metal train. Legit. They were. I very strongly disagree with that. In the sense of it, it was them chasing a train. I think it was just, they did like the sound at the time, but they didn't really know how to do it correctly. It was like, I hear, I heard like influence from Iron Maiden's Brave New Worlds for the snare sound in particular. I know they say that, you know, hmm. it was a slipknot thing because of the kegs, but honestly, if you like listen to Wicker Man by Iron Maiden, it's like yeah. imagine if that was the snare tone that was on Saint Anger. I feel like people would love it. I just feel like I get the I get I do understand like the kind of like the new metal comparisons, right? And but I I do feel like when you take when you take the core of Saint Anger, it sounds like a Metallica record. It doesn't sound to me like a Slipknot record. It doesn't sound to me like you know, any new metal record. In fact, I don't think it sounds like anything period other than that album. I think what I like about that album is that it just sounds like a chaotic, brutal mess in the most like, 
it, it's almost like an avant-garde like... album now. It's so like weird. It's just yeah, weird. I think it sounds like a Metallica record with new metal production. And honestly, you have Bob Rock to thank for that. Yeah, I, mean, I think, you know, I think a similar argument too could be made for like Load Reload, like he kind of had more alternative influences here or there. And I, I have no doubt that the certain things sprinkled were at least sprinkled throughout. Like if you hear All Within My Hands, there's definitely in the sudden stop into like the clean part, like, you know, that reads like System of a Down to me and bands like that, that they were definitely listening to heavily at the time. But I just think it, it still at its core sounds like Metallica record. And what I like about your cover again is that it captures, um, it captures like the feel of uh, of Metallica. Yeah, actually, I do want to uh, give a shout out to our mixing engineer Ulrich Wild for that one in particular. One of the one of the big decisions that went into our version of that song was that this isn't necessarily something that we do for ourselves, but we told Ulrich that we wanted our version to sound like it could have come out in the early 2000s. So like, I like in particular, I own a boom box at home. So I remember just what it sounds like to hear one of those old, like those like old mit, like early 2000s records on just your speakers in your room. Cause right. one of the big things that happened a lot is like, you could just hear people take these new metal records and then just blast the volume so high that everything is distorted and clipping. But the music <laughs> kind of the way it was written actually works so that you can still kind of hear things that way. That I think was right. a big thing for system of a down that made them sound good is that you, they still sounded good. Even when you were blasting them on like full volume and stuff. Like yeah. if you were hearing something with like a big symphony behind it and you blasted it, like everything would blur together. But here's System of Down just doing and like when you blow that up, like you can still hear individual notes in there. So right. I was telling him like I wanted to have like that scooped mid sound. I wanted to really kind of push that boom box like stereo speaker sound of the two thousands and he having actually mixed and recorded albums in that era was like, no, don't say no more. I already know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can hear that now. And I gotta, I gotta ask, um, uh, because of, uh, you know, what you say in the video has Metallica called you yet. They have not Metallica. If you check out the Metallica, <laughs> uh, my number is, I'm not going to give my number here. But... <laughs> Well, if you check out Metallica, first of all, come on my podcast, yeah. and then hey, I'll, I'll, I'll... my number behind the scenes. So if you ever talk Metallica, <laughs> definitely give them our number too. No, they haven't um, yet, but we are working on that. We actually um, got in contact with their licensing agency too, so there, there's some stuff brewing in the background. You know how, like, right oh, now nice. it's only on Spotify and YouTube exclusively at the moment. Yeah, that might not be the only platforms for a little while we'll see how it goes very very nice I'm, I'm i'm excited to hear that for you guys so you 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 guys mentioned you have maybe something that they're brewing and you guys are i believe you said you're recording right now so what it's sort of a difficult time to be uh a band as well with everything going on in the world so what what's next for gershock right now well, I mean, in that regard, um, there is uh, some things we're working on, but like uh, we've got, I mean, like we've obviously got like our, we've got our old stuff that's still there. We got dark matter and we got a couple, um, 
new like shirts that are coming our way we might actually um we might also release a another cover we usually do hint hint um but uh we can't say anything else we, on that. but in in terms of what's going on there's definitely going to be more from us you, you you all have definitely not heard the last of us by any means we're working on absolutely nothing <laughs> well if i'll i'll just throw this out there okay you guys can throw it back but if the next cover is a megadeth cover x no disrespect but if you need a dave mustaine impersonator i will come in and i will go right over the track i can't i can't say that that's in our immediate future but i do know a guy if you want to <laughs> if you want to contribute your dave mustaine impression i know exactly what band you can hit up yeah, what's it called? Um, there's a man. There's a man in Pittsburgh by the name of Old. Yeah, in Pittsburgh, California, nine two five San Francisco Bay Area, motherfucker. Um, yeah, but um, his his name his name is Old Man Dan, and he's from California. He was he was immediately. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah, we got we got some friends working on one of those right now. And frankly, I mean, I'm mad disappointed because in their little contest, I was like, yo, you guys should cover You Suffer by Napalm Death. And I guess that just didn't get the votes. But didn't Megadeth get the vote? Well, yeah, Megadeth did. That's what I mean. It's like yeah. they're they're doing that. Yeah. Um, nice. They're friends of ours, too. Like these guys we went on tour with. And I believe they actually credit us for the reason why they ended up doing that, like fan voted cover contest thing is because they're also now looking to do like a, their own version of like a cover song and much to brandon blacker's dismay the winning one went to megadeth <laughs> and he says he hates singing dave mustang stuff so you know maybe we'll just put the word forward and we'll see if they i'll start warming up so I gotta get the uh, high and the uh, low, you know. And the, depends what song it is. Like you, uh, you able to do one like uh, "Love to Death," for instance. Love to death. That one, if I wasn't on like massive amounts of cocaine. So where can we already said people can find the Saint Anger cover on YouTube, Spotify? Where can people find Dark Matter? Where can yeah, people get your shirts? You can find us where on www.gershock.com. That is G-U-R-S-C-H-A-C-H.com. You can buy our shirts there. We have all of our albums available there. You can also buy our shirts. We have merchandise. We have videos there. We have technically shows that we don't necessarily have any schedule for right now because of 2020 but it's okay right. because you can buy our shirts <laughs> and i will put uh, a link to all that in uh the episode description so it'll just be a click away and uh where can people find you on social media yes uh we have a facebook we are on instagram both of those very active we are trying to actually take youtube very seriously now and we are getting very like a lot of subscribers lately out of that so i would say sub to our youtube but honestly the main reason i'm not saying that is oh, because okay, okay. All right, I got that. so the reason he's not saying no is because shot in the gut three is at ten thousand subs yeah yeah, yeah i'm gonna that. say no don't don't <laughs> 24. 
<laughs> shot in the gut three is so i don't know if anybody knows but we did a video right before saint anger to promote that song called shot in the gut two we basically downed a bunch of disgusting shot combinations that we were all user submitted <laughs> People just came up with three in, of the worst ingredients to mix together. And I think, like, the worst one was, like, a combination of Hot One's Last Dab Hot Sauce, which is, like, ranks three million Scovilles. It had, like, yeah. Sir Stromink Juice, which is, like, rotten Swedish <laughs> And Four Horsemen Liqueur, which we just sort of opted into as Johnny Walker because that's four different types of alcohol. Sorry, I mean that's just it. Is like you know, four horsemen is four whiskeys. You can't. It's it's three ingredients, dude. You got to pick one. So yeah, that that was that was a very nightmarish experience to say the least. We, like some of us were in like pure agony, like this guy in particular. Please don't subscribe. I don't want to die yet. Please, please kill him. So yeah. If you notice at the very end of the video, we're like, don't like keep your fucking finger away from the subscribe button. That's, that's pretty <laughs> much why. Just, just, <laughs> if, if we get 10,000 subs, we'll be forced to do it again. And only one of us in the band is excited for that. And that's me, motherfucker. <laughs> I am. Also Spotify and Facebook. That's better. I am kind of, um, I'll be honest, the thought of it is revolting to me where <laughs> I'm just flashing back to college where it's like, just mix whatever's lying around guys. And you, you're just like, you don't even know what's, what's entering your mouth. And you, all you know is that you're blacked out within like hours, you know, if not minutes. The actual uh, thought of it is revolting. The actual act of it is even worse. <laughs> <laughs> we went into it being like, I mean, it won't be that bad. And then the first thing I put down is like, it's so much worse than I thought it would be. One of the winning shot combinations was made by my housemate, and I had to confront them the following morning. I didn't talk to him the next morning. <laughs> 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 we he had to He first. had to down a Carolina Reaper gumball. <laughs> and I don't think you could. No, it was awful. <laughs> like, it just went right back at it. It was... Uh, a Carolina Reaper gumball, head cheese, and gin. I forgot about the head cheese. <laughs> I didn't. Were there any chasers allowed? What? Were there any chasers allowed? Well, you see, this, is, it just... this is where I'm just going to tell people you're going to have to see the video on YouTube if you want to know that. Don't subscribe. Okay. Don't subscribe, though. That... Just, you, can, you can watch the video. <laughs> <just> don't subscribe. <laughs> I, I think that's a perfect plug. Anything else you guys want to plug before we wrap up? Um, yeah, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, honestly, I don't even like Twitter that much. Yeah, Fuck yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's the only platform like me and Luigi is active on, if at all. I don't know. Well, this is usually what I plug at the very end. Um, and I know I already said this, but if any of the guys in Metallica are, in fact, listening to this right now, <laughs> fucking call me. My DMs are open. My my, I, I will give you my phone number if you email us. <laughs> here, 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 James Hetfield, he's thirsty for your cock. If that's what it takes. <laughs> oh, he was there. <laughs> he's a married man. I know he's too loyal for that. You don't even need a sub to get that, so that's a good deal. Yeah, no, don't even subscribe. Just get us Metallica <laughs> and, and information.
<laughs> that's pretty much it. I just want to see what Lars thinks of our version of the song. I want to see if he either thinks it's like, oh my god, is that what that sound song sounds like? It's like fucking good. It's still Metallica, but it's like, man, if only that's what the, our version of the song sounded like. <laughs> or he's gonna be like, I don't like it. I feel like he just completely misses the points of the song entirely. <laughs> You know, man, I, I, if, if he does like the Napster war equivalent to that on us, oh dear God, we're in for a rude awakening. That's that's why I need them to call us because like we will never know unless they actually hear it. Hear that, Metallica? All I can say is careful what you wish for. <laughs> that, and I'm going to leave it at that. That's my final plug. Nothing else matters more than them just getting in talks with us. Well, hey, man, it, it has been it has been very fun hanging out with you, man, I, especially somebody who's like right on the same level of like fandom as I am, too. It's been a pleasure, man. Yeah, man, it's been uh, it's been great having you guys on and talk, even even the ones who, you know, on the sides there actually don't appreciate it the same. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I want to thank Gershaw for coming on Metallicast. Huge shout out to all four of them. X, Scotty, Leyland, and Daniel. It was great talking to each one of them about the band, about Metallica, and of course, their cover of Saint Anchor. If you have not yet seen the video of their cover, please check it out. Support the band by subscribing or not subscribing to their youtube channel check them out on social media and give them a follow they are on facebook twitter and instagram and of course you can get all that information and more at their website www.gershock.com there are links to all of those in the episode description please support metallicast by subscribing to us downloading and leaving a positive five-star review in apple podcasts and please Give us a follow on social as well at Metallicast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Till next time, ladies and gentlemen, middle up your ass. Yeah. Fans, not experts.